Greetings, everybody. My name is Paul Lytle, and this is The Art of the Ages. So, um, okay, so this topic was actually suggested by a conversation I was having with my wife just the other day. And, and it was really, it, it really started off because we were talking about paranormal activity. So if y'all don't remember this, this was uh, kind of a indie cult classic that, that popped up um, uh, several years ago. I'm, I'm thinking like eight years um, uh, thereabouts. And, um, and uh, my wife actually saw it first. And it's this, it's, you know, a low budget horror film that was literally done at the director's house. And, um, and she really liked it. And I, and I, I did get to see it. And I very much enjoyed it. And, um, we even went to see the second and the third one. And, you know, <laughs> normally sequels like that are not good. But those we thought really added to the plot. And then they kept going. And um, and and the end result was not not all that great. And what, what the conversation was was about when a story really ends, and it's not necessarily at the end of events. It's not necessarily when everything kind of comes to a head. And and as and, and and as a writer, we want to make sure that our stories don't end a hundred pages before the book does, or our stories don't end and you still have three scenes and then like a final battle or something like that. Paranormal Activity is actually a really great example of this because the story ended. In at, at the end of Paranormal Activity three, it you know we didn't see everything yet. We didn't see like the end result, but the 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 important secrets had been revealed. We figured out who this you know this paranormal entity was and and why it was there and what it wanted. And we found out why it was pestering this one particular family. And so we did not yet see like the final transformation that was going to become at the end of part five. And keeping in mind, there was actually six movies. There was a spinoff that tied into the plot. Uh, the spinoff actually wasn't that bad, but um, the stuff that went on to be revealed in Paranormal Activity 4 um, the marked ones, which is a spinoff and, and five were just weren't, weren't very consequential to the overall plot. They didn't really make an impact. And so we were just seeing played out what we already knew what was going to happen by the end of movie three. And, and so literally like half of the series has taken place after the story is essentially over for all intents and purposes. Yes, there are technically events still to come, but do those events matter in, uh, you know, in, in your readers and your viewers mind, do they make an impact? Do they pack a punch? And in that case, they don't. This is actually what I think is one of the problems with The Last Jedi. 
And and I know that I know that a, a lot uh, you know uh, some of my friends are 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 very much in, you know uh, fans of that movie. I'm I'm not. I've gone over that ad nauseum. I'm not planning on doing that again today. But I think one of the problems with it is that at the end of the Last Jedi, the story is over. And I don't mean there are not events left, right? I, I don't mean that. There aren't things that can happen. I just mean that the stuff that the audience cares about, the 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 stuff that brought the audience in, that they're that they're they're wanting to see, they're wanting to see advance, they're wanting to see resolve, they're all over. And I'm not gonna go into really spoilers here. Um because, you know, I, I, for all I know, you haven't seen the movie. <laughs> so, uh, and, that, and that's really hardly the point. It's just, you know, whether or not you thought it was a good film or not, I, I, I kind of wonder, what are you, what are we hoping to see in the next one? Um, because, you know, all, all of, all of the overarching plots have just either been, I either been waylaid and driven into the ground or they've been resolved. And so episode nine essentially has to manufacture uh, a way to bring us back. Um, now the story isn't over. There's battles left to be fought. And certainly that, you know, that's, that's always, you know, that's always something that, uh, that will draw people is, you know, a big spectacle. Um, but I think that we find that when, that when we've lost that interest in, in, in anything inherent in the story that to keep us turning the next page, that it doesn't matter how big the spectacle is for the reader, the story's done. There's a, um, you know, there's 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 actually a really good example about a publisher that kind of saved a book, and that is the Once and Future King by T. H. White, which is which is a great classic. And I'm I am a I, I you know a fanatical lover of Arthurian legend, and so as just a massive fan of Arthurian legend, you know this is this is a book that's much beloved uh, by me. I've I've seen. The musical many times the the musical Camelot is based on this book, as is the Disney film The Sword in the Stone. They're completely different sections of that book, but um, but it is part of that nonetheless. Now, the Once and Future King was originally written in five parts, um, and what we know of as the Once and Future King only has four of those parts. And the reason for that is, I mean, these are very distinct, like, books that, that are collected into the, the larger work. Um, but, uh, what, what we think of as that is ends at the end of book four. Now, book four ends right before the battle between Arthur and Mordred. And it ends with Arthur reflecting on all that he's learned and essentially wondering, you know, it, it has all this gone to waste? 
you know, what do I do now? And he, he, he understands that, you know, whether or not he wins, the kingdom is fractured. The, 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 you know, the, the heart of his kingdom is, is gone. So even if he wins, that it, it's not going, it's not going to be able to be pulled together. It's so he comes to a resolution at, before the battle begins on on some amount of hope to keep this great dream going and he sets that in motion before the battle begins and then the book ends then the book is over and for years i think even decades uh everybody thought that was the end of the once in future king but there was one more book now the publisher because this was um this was being published during the war um the publisher did not want to print the fifth book first because there was a paper shortage. And this is a really big book. I mean, the, you know, uh, once in future King is, is, is the size of a long novel, you know, add yet another book, another hundred pages to it. Um, you've got yourself just a really hefty, hefty book. Um, but the other reason for it is there's, there is a very distinct anti-war message in the final book. And it's, you know, we're in the middle of a war here. We can't be doing that. And so the publisher is like, no, 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 no. We're going to end it there. Now, this was very wise on the publisher's part, and it's not because of the reasons that they stated. It's because the book ends there. The story is over. And I absolutely and, and uh, the the final book was was published finally. Um, it was published as the Book of Merlin. And it is it's it is the last chapter of uh, of the Once of Future King. It's about 100 pages long. I Absolutely loved that book when I read it. I absolutely loved it. It's one of the few books I actually, and it's not terribly long, but I said I, I read it in one sitting. I, um, I, unfortunately, that was mostly because of a really bad bout of insomnia that I had uh, in a lot of my college years that just plagued me for a long time, and I just could not go to sleep that night. And so I just sat down and read it, and I, I read it from from cover to cover, and I loved it, and I absolutely. Loved it. So this is not me saying that the book is bad, but it's me saying that that's a hundred pages after the story is over. And so how do you make your audience care? Um, what happens in the, what happens in that, uh, in that story and not to give it all away, but during the night Merlin reappears and, um, and basically takes Arthur back to when he was being changed into animals and, and that sort of things. And, and, and so it kind of mirrors the very first part of the book. If you've seen Sword in the Stone, this, this is what this is. This is the first book of, um, the once and future king has has this sort of you know being changed learning things by being changed into animals and that sort of thing, um, and so he returns to this, but now it's it's not it's not being done at the at the promise of a glorious kingdom, but looking back at his demise, and it and it's much more philosophy than it is story, uh, it's much it, it is it is uh, extremely anti-war and then it comes to be the next day. But the resolution there 
is not nearly as powerful as that resolution that we had at the end of book four. And, and the book of Merlin ends up being a continuation of a story that in the reader's mind is already over that we've, we've come to that moment of catharsis. We've come to that emotional climax. And now the author is saying, okay, well, I have a few more things to say. So if y'all could all step forward this way, that would be great. Um, and that's not, you know, that, that's not what we came for. And so, and so this is something that, that I think that, that we need to keep in mind that especially, you know, especially those of us who do like do some, um, like fantasy writing or, or some, you know, uh, anything kind of dealing with military science fiction that like to have a big battle at the end, that there needs to be some narrative thrust that is pushing us through those scenes. Um, there needs to be something, something plot and character driven about that, that just having a spectacle is not enough. It's, 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 it's not enough. And, and I think that most of us, I know I have, have read books where it's just relying on spectacle and, and it's, it's, it's exceedingly difficult to read those things. Um, I've been reading and, uh, and, and, and listening a, a lot about the Hobbit lately because I'm, as you know, I'm just a massive Tolkien fan and the Hobbit does something really interesting. And I think that, I think that the way the movies were divided came really close to just destroying movie three completely. And I know, I look, look, I know, I know you don't even have to write me. There's a lot of you out there who just, you know, are not fans of the Hobbit movies. That's fine. That's fine. Um, I, I, I realize that you like telling the internet that, but you can, you can save it. I've heard it all before. So, um, but one thing that's really interesting about that book is that especially with kids reading it, you think that story is about the dragon and it's not at all. It's not at all about the dragon and talking like, like really like does a left turn on you when that dragon is shot down over Lake town long time before the book is over. And, and by then you're starting to understand the, the, the real narrative thrust and you're starting to realize the real conflicts. And so you keep going and, and, and it's like Tolkien's like has been dangling the spectacle over your head and then just puts it aside uh, a little anticlimactical. Uh, he just kind of sets it away. It's like, okay, now it's time to get to down to business because there, there's something going on here that we need to talk about. Um, and it's really masterfully done. Now, 
for those who have seen the movies, the 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 second movie ends with the dragon flying towards Lake Town, and and you realize how closely Peter Jackson cut that that he could have just very easily torpedoed his third film because you know in that in that segment you're starting to get the thrust you're starting to figure out what the book what the movie's about but it's really especially the way the, the second movie's filmed it's really focused on the dragon a lot and if he had killed that dragon off in movie 2 I don't think there's much reason for anybody to come see movie three. Just the way he set that up. I don't think, I, I don't think there's a reason to come back a year later. You know, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a little bit of a different thing when you're looking at the book going, wait a minute, there's still, there's still pages left versus that dragon has died. And the next part's coming out in a year. And you're like, okay. Cause I thought this was about a dragon. Is it not? Um, but he didn't, you know, he kept that part in and, and, and essentially tied us to our chairs while he told the, the real story. Um, and I, and I, so I, I personally think that, that, that cut should have been earlier, but they do not pay me money to make films. And, uh, if, if I had made that movie, it would have been different, but not better. Um, whatever you think about it, think of the film. If you think it was terrible, trust me, I would have done worse. Um, but, uh, but he kind of saved himself there. Um, Tolkien has this magnificent balance of making you think the story is over when you know in your heart that it's, that it's not. Um, and a few of us can recreate that. And, um, <laughs> I want to be very careful that I don't overestimate my skill as a writer and think that I have very subtly and I have very subtly manipulated the heart of the reader into, into really caring about the real point when, um, you know, the, the, what seeming, what seems to be the main point is now pushed aside for them. I want, I want to make sure that I'm carrying that narrative arc um, clearly for them right through the end of the book. And when that narrative arc is done to wrap things up for them. And, and so you don't have that moment of it's like, well, I mean, bad guy's dead. What is this whole other section of the book for? Um, so that's our goal. That's, that's, that leads my goal. And, and I think it's something that we, we should keep in mind because there's, you know, this is a mistake that not a few people have made. And, uh, and so, yeah, when you're, when you're planning that out, make, make sure that you are carrying that, that, that narrative thrust through, uh, through up until the very end and not, keep expecting the reader to continue on once that's done. Appreciate y'all sticking with me today. Um, thank you so much for joining us each and every week here on the art of the ages. I uh, really do appreciate it. And 
we'll be back next week with another topic. And until then, never, never, never quit telling stories to one another. See you then.